yeah, banter. We had a good banter game between a few of us, and we used mm. to use like the tech that we had at hand to just take the piss and mock each other. Um, yeah. A couple of times that got out of hand. You know, can't take the joke. Uh, nah, it was all fine. I don't think anything really bad uh, uh, came from anything I did, I'm afraid. I, I kind of just sat in the background yeah. wearing my Metallica t-shirts and yeah. rocking out to 90s grunge. Uh, nice. And just kept my head down, tried to keep on, get on with it as much as possible to avoid yeah. all the dickheads and whatnot that were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, school was a weird one, but um, we all got through it together. But yeah, some days it just felt like a, like I said earlier, like a popularity contest and it just wasn't really for me and there was always these like sort of fields of people where there was a goth group you know an emo group and a sports group and a popular kids that don't have to worry about getting a date to go to prom and I kind of meandered around all of the groups and I never really pledged allegiance to anyone in, in particular specifically so yeah, but yeah. Have a lot of like, specific groups like that especially like I mean emo and stuff was sort of after I was at school, when it yeah. became really big, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the groups were yeah, you were just mainly dickheads. I just remember everyone as either I was friends with or they were dickhead. But maybe mm. I was the dickhead. Yeah, that's probably more likely. Wasn't we'll get off school in a sec. But can you remember having a porter cabin in school that literally just stayed there until the end of time, and it was meant to be like a temporary thing? We didn't. I don't think. No. No. Um, they sort of built extra parts onto the school. Yeah. Um, but not the port cabin. I've heard of the port cabin thing before. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen it before and in other schools. But um, yeah. no, yeah. personally, I didn't get to get to, didn't get to. I don't know. Experience that. <laughs> experience the the very strange container of education. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Right. So real questions. First one. Yeah. What on earth is a ziggurat? Ah, that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's sort of like a big building, big structure, especially like in ancient history and stuff, like a really big, um, I think it was like quite big Mesopotamian and stuff. Like, um, like I would say anything that's large and fucking awesome to me okay. is a ziggurat. So pyramids and even big, you know, just generic... Hmm. structures to me are ziggurats uh, I just love sort of like any sort of kind of massive architecture especially stuff that we kind of look at today and go mm, that's a bit weird isn't it and you know like the kind of concrete structures that have gone hmm. out of fashion and stuff a bit now you know yeah um, okay. that is, is I take it that's are we going to where the got, I got the name from are we, are we leaning, the, leaning down that path or? yeah so I thought it was an animal to me it oh, okay. sounds like a rodent <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I've got a fucking ziggurat in the house again. So yeah, what's the uh, what's the origin behind it? Because obviously a lot of your projects include that name, and it's kind of a part of your identity as a sort of pseudonym, isn't it? Yeah, just a tad. Um, the boring answer is I was reading and <clears throat> excuse me, I was reading a review for an anime um, that came out a few years ago called Metropolis, and I think it was more of a sort of American um, American sort of take on on um, animation and uh, basically in the review it said it was talking about part of the part of the story obviously and it just said and the rise of the ziggurats and I thought yes I'm having that that is cool Love that. Uh, and then I've applied that to many many things over the past yeah, 15 yeah. or so years fantastic <laughs> so location wise have you always lived near Brighton and is that kind of what your podcast was about you were talking about the Brighton sort of music scene yeah, I've always lived in Brighton. Uh, I'd like to have lived somewhere else at some point, but no, Brighton's pretty cool. It's got everything I sort of have needed here. It would be nice to go and visit some other places. Not that I haven't visited anywhere, you know, it would be nice to live other places yeah. as well, but um, it's just not happened at the moment. Hmm. Um, as far as the podcast, yeah, that's about the Brighton music scene of the 2000s primarily. Hmm. Uh, it does focus on a few other things as well, uh, but it's mainly the Brighton scene of the 2000s. The, the kind of scene that me that I and my friends all started playing music and going out to gigs and playing, um, uh, you know, just going to venues and our, our first sort of bands, uh, all that sort of thing. And there's so much music that came out, there's always so much music coming out, but there's so much music came out in that time by local bands that just gets forgotten. You know, people move on or the band dissipates or whatever. 
but they've made some really really good stuff so i thought it'd be quite nice to try and remember some of those bands and some of those uh, songs uh, and put it on a podcast that about three people listen to so that's good but it was good for me i, I mainly started it because i was fucking stressed at the time and i needed a project to focus on and so i, yeah. I started that up and it's been quite fun but i haven't done yeah. one for a while that's a cool idea because i find music scenes are quite sort of siloed where like i'm from weymouth and we've had tons and tons of bands start and end here um, just as an example there was one called Fatal 4-Way and they were like a pop punk four piece um, and no one would really know who they were other than people that lived in Weymouth and went to their shows and yeah. uh, it's quite cool to see like how at any level a band can struggle if they don't feel that they have the correct momentum behind them so it's cool to sort of showcase it and tell the story of it and uh, I've really enjoyed it so far. So um, have you got any plans to get it back on the tracks or are you just absolutely flat out with life at the moment? I've started about 10 episodes over the past year or so, um, mainly those sorts of episodes. But I just, every time I I start writing and then like a week go by and then half of what I've written is like not relevant anymore if I was talking about something yeah. that I was going to do or, you know, I was trying to incorporate an Emmy thing like, oh, you know, this whole spiel about going to play takedown mm. or whatever but mm. we've gone past that now it's irrelevant or whatever i wrote you know so i i yeah. just, just need to focus on an episode i've got bands i've got bands lined up i've even got a couple of interviews i've got an interview yeah. I did with um dave and gaz here the other day oh yeah um so i've got stuff to go into a two episodes but just getting the time to put it all together and yeah. follow it through to the end result that's something i'm kind of struggled with but yeah. it's only because i've got other things going on so yeah cool. of course so bass early life when can you remember starting to play bass and what sort of made you gravitate towards that instrument specifically? Um, to be honest, I don't gravitate towards that instrument specifically. That's just the instrument that I play in me. I've always played bass and guitar yeah, um, pretty much alongside each other. In bands, I was mainly playing guitars unless I was, I used to help out quite a lot of bands as well. They'd I kind of got a bit of a reputation so like if someone needed someone to kind of play a gig in three days because someone's dropped out I could quite often do that um, when I have more time on my hands put it that way um, but yeah the bass I remember playing a lot in college I think because there were so many guitarists in college that's when I started to think well if I gravitate more towards sort of bass um, in that respect and I, I just enjoyed it a lot more and I enjoy it more than the guitar now as well yeah um, yeah I, I just sort of yeah, really like having a thunderous low end and yeah, popping up a band with it. It's great. In terms of Overgrown Eden, learning that back to front to play Takedown and various other shows that you've got planned later on in the year, I struggled with some songs when I got really, really into In Me quite early on. Um, I've learned like natural, I learned that on guitar. That was probably one of the first songs I ever learned on guitar. But some of the songs, um, I think Her Mask. It's got a bit in it. This is really bass heavy, guys. If you're not interested in bass, this is not the fucking episode for you. I'm sorry, right? Um, you've got like the E string and the A string, and it's like on the tenth fret, and then you do the D string, and it's on the twelfth fret, and it's like do 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 do. If you know what I mean, that bit. Yeah. And quite a lot of it is quite complex and fair play to you for learning it as quick as you did or I don't know if that is the case or if you already kind of had it in the back pocket as it were but stuff like um, Mosaic it's quite fast paced and stuff you know I absolutely love playing the faster upbeat stuff Mosaic yeah. it was a brilliant way to end the gig awesome. yeah so how did you find that experience of playing it at Takedown and obviously you're playing some more shows later on down the line we're just playing Overgrown Eden are you looking forward to those I am yes can't come soon enough really Takedown was great. It was good playing the album because it's not like, however controversial, it's not my favourite in the album. Yeah. <laughs> it's good and I, I really enjoy playing some of the songs in that. Mm. Um, but yeah, ending it with Mosaic was class. Um, yeah. And it's good to kind of get Underdose mm. um, start with that as well because it's such mm. a banger and to see everyone just instantly react and not have yeah. to sort of save it as an encore or anything, that was really cool as well. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed just playing. Her Mask was a good one. Um, mm. God, what was it? There was one others that I really enjoyed, and I just turned around to our our guy Pete, who was standing in yeah. with Tom playing drums, mm. um, and I just kind of like nodded at him, and it was just that one of those moments that just all clicked, and it was just like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, and then before you know it, the gig's over, and mm. <laughs> we got to get everything off stage. 
Yeah, yeah. I um, actually recorded two of your songs whilst screaming my fucking heart out, as you probably Excellent. noticed from the stage. Um, I'll just quickly grab them, because they're on my personal YouTube rather than the ABP YouTube, but I think it was Energy, which you guys don't play very often. No, um, that would have been a separate long time. And Trenches. Fucking hell, mm. Trenches has got 113 views. Jesus. Um, just me yeah. and the lads. <laughs> just pressing F5. <laughs> <laughs> How would you play that bit again? Yeah, <laughs> love it. No, but we, yeah, we watch the stuff quite a lot, especially I think Dave and I. We we go back yeah. and watch quite a lot of the YouTube videos and stuff because we enjoy you know what we do. So it's it's nice to be able to see that. Uh, yeah, especially if you haven't really. Sometimes you don't quite take in what's going on at the time, so to be able yeah. to reflect afterwards, it's, it's quite nice. It's good to see a whole album all the way through as well because I know that that's a thing now where you know bands have done something for twenty years and they want to sort of have a bit of a breather and a self reflection moment. And there was a lot of people there. They all wanted to sort of experience it, you know, as a whole thing, sort of chapter to chapter, as it were. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was good, good fun to see you as always. So nice reception we got for that it was good. Good, good. So in terms of In Me, how long were you a fan of In Me before joining? <laughs> I was a fan from about. Put it this way: Where did Gaz join? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as. To be honest, yeah, I wasn't actually as aware of the band as I should have been um, before Gaz joined. Um, I had supported Dave a couple of times with Gaz, I think, because mm. um, I think those, I think they, they, I think there was a few shows before. Obviously, he joined the band, um, and then when Gaz joined, I sort of like, oh, I better pay some attention to this this enemy band, see what they're see what they're all about, and then got <laughs> absolutely obsessed, and that was it. Um, but because I got in around, I guess that was around sort of Herald Moth. Um, just before the best of maybe came out yeah um so when the best of came out and then it had saccharin arcadia mm -hmm. buried me deep on there that just blew my mind and yeah. yeah i was totally obsessed after that saccharin arcadia is when i want to get back in the set if i can yeah Definitely. that outro at the end is so ridiculously savage <laughs> <laughs> it's got such a good little uh, bend at the start as well dave i think he might have uploaded a youtube cover like of him just playing guitar to it no singing or anything yeah. like that but yeah it's just a absolute sensory overload that song and um quite a lot of people don't know that song exists unless they have bought phoenix or they've streamed it on spotify and stuff because it's kind of hidden in that yeah. album isn't it i know and it's a shame like one of the to me one of the sort of best songs well of the career really you know is sort of hidden away both of the both of the new songs they did for that album which sort of hidden yeah. away on there if you don't know that album you don't hmm. know it but there's like with many bands you know how many bands do you even with us you know people will know the first album and some people are like oh they're still going you know yeah. oh yeah well there's been lots of great albums since then but yeah you know, it's, it's it's a case of trying to get people aware again and trying to get yeah. new fans in as well because there's just so much music out there and there's so many different ways of trying to get your music out to fans now as well um, there, um there's a bit in phoenix as well i don't know if it's underdosed or crushed by fruit but there's a bit at the start of one of those songs where there's like a little spaceship noise and it's only in the Phoenix version of that like because they all got remastered or re-recorded I imagine for the quality to stay as good as you know production is nowadays and that sort of stuff I'm going to have to find that out and let you know what it is <laughs> oh, well I'm sitting next to yeah. a box with about 700 of them so um, I'll yeah, yeah. look myself there fantastic <laughs> I've still got all the merch next to me from Takedown that I was supposed to take down to the storage uh, when I took some of it's gone around there and some of it is still here. I've, yeah, so I've got to do that at some point. But that's another thing on the list of yeah. things to do. One bit of constructive criticism, if anyone from the Takedown Events crew is listening to this, is the merch hallway was not good planning. Because <laughs> what happened, <laughs> essentially, in like the main part of the guild hall, that was like the main corridor to and from the stages... And there was just a shitload of bands and artists and fans all trying to buy merch at the same time. So, so there were some people there talking to the people, buying the t-shirts, buying all sorts of stuff, like, you know, stickers and stuff. And there were also people that wanted to get to the stage. So there was this huge, like, crush that you would expect to see at a sort of, you know, arena show. And... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't the end of the world. You know, we all managed. We all just said, excuse me, pardon me, sorry. 
as we I've go got a hand to the fresh. people behind takedown. Like the, the way it was all, aside from maybe that little bit, the way it was organised yeah. in general was really, really good. Like yeah. the stage outside and then all the food down the other side and that. Mm. Different things going on in different areas and stuff. That was cool. I, yeah. I'd like to definitely go back as a punter this year. Yeah. Next year? Next year. Um, because apparently it's two days as well, so oh, right, okay. exciting. I've got to see some good bands. Well, I didn't get to see as many as I would have liked yeah. to have done, um, but still, I mean, when you got to see Sleep Token, that's what I was sort of mm. looking forward to a bit of Skindred and that. And yeah, a yeah. few a few bands, a couple of the bands after we played, I didn't didn't get to see much beforehand, unfortunately. Uh, too busy running around and yeah. Did you watch Sleep Token from the balcony like John and Dave? No, no, I was no. down. I was down with everyone else um, yeah. because I had like some other friends there and my wife was there as well. So um, I don't know, actually, she went out to watch Skindred. Yeah, so yeah. she wasn't there. But um, uh, yeah, and there was a few of us down in the uh, the main auditorium, so we were having a, quite a good yeah. time. So I, I wasn't quite sold on them. I'd heard some stuff that I liked and I heard some mm. stuff that I didn't really like, but just the live experience in general yeah. was, was pretty good. I'd definitely watch them again. Yeah, I'd advise anyone that's like a bit, I mean, an hour about Sleep Token to go and watch them because... I just love how like simple their stage setup is and they've got some plants on the stage and they literally just show up you have no fucking idea what songs they're going to play they just show up they play their songs they flawlessly manage to sort of intertwine the songs together and then they leave and that's it no talking no patter between the songs no sort of there's sometimes like the bassist and the guitarist start clapping and obviously the, the crowd reacts you know and they start clapping in return but just the whole sort of hooded, anonymous sort of darkness to them. I'm, I'm all about it. So, uh, yeah. That is so uh, cool, yeah. Have you seen them a lot then? I've seen them twice now. Twice now, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so I saw them at uh, London Hammersmith Apollo as their own show. And then I saw them at Takedown. Um, and I briefly, briefly bumped into Jamie Lenman just before watching them. Which is quite cool, because he's quite a unique figure, isn't he? Standing in the crowd with his suit and top hat, and <laughs> can't miss him, really. I would him, but I think he clashed with us, which is why we're good. Yeah. We were sharing a, a dressing room with him, so I got some yeah, music, yeah. which was nice, because he's a lovely guy, and his crew were really cool. Yeah, there's some pictures of him playing to a Sepultura backdrop, because Jamie Lenman, basically. That's all you need to say, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, final question. We've got a five-minute break after this, and then we're going to join another Zoom meeting. So, final question, just for this half, is: Do you remember having to audition for In Me? How did that process go? Uh, yeah, I do remember. I was very, very sweaty. <laughs> it was just—I don't think I was as nervous as I thought I was going to be. Because oh, I remember why now. Because it wasn't an audition. They sort of said, "Oh, we've got." Because at one point we had Why Not Festival coming up. I think this must have been around pandemic times. So we were booked for Why Not Festival. It didn't happen because of pandemic. Um, and they said, well, you know, just look, if you want to learn a few of the songs, come and play this particular festival um, if it works out. And so I think I just went along for my first rehearsal with them, and they just said, oh, yeah, do you want to be in Emmy? I was like, oh, yeah, all right, why not? <laughs> Mental. <laughs> That's quite a nice way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always found auditionings to be a bit of a pressure cooker situation, even if you know the musicians sort of internally and outside of the band. And Yeah, you know, but I haven't really done that yeah. before not because i'm super good because i haven't really gone to join anything else so i usually try to start my own projects and things mm. uh, and mm. they're usually with the same like three or four people yeah um, so yeah it was quite quite good to do but um it's quite nice to not have, have that complete pressure of this is your audition this is make or break yeah that was cool yeah yeah don't call us we'll call you and all that rubbish <laughs> yeah. yeah awesome um we've got about three minutes left so Favourite free in me songs? I know that's a hell of an ask, and I know that that could change, especially if you start sort of writing within me, then that might aggressively change overnight. But have you got yeah, free? So I, I can't say any new ones, can I? No, that would no, be, not yeah, yet. I can't, can't really talk about that yet. Uh, yeah, the, the three do change all the time. It was Sakurai and Arcada for a long time. Um, at the moment, at, at the moment, currently, I do enjoy playing Her Mask a lot, so I'm going to put that on there. Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to put um, Bonsai Forest was a really good fun one to play mm. on the tour. Not the most complex of songs, but just a good kind of energy to it. Mm. Um, and the other one that I'm currently always playing is Revenue Shores, just because I love playing the bass lines yeah. and stuff in that. Um, yeah. And it just feels so immensely powerful when we were playing out on tour, just as soon as it kicks yeah. in. 
Uh, so they're, they're the current ones, anyway. Yeah, I remember. Maybe playing that with Rage of Speedhorn. Um, I think yeah. I saw you in Brighton. Uh, no, not Brighton. Southampton. Southampton it was, yeah. I remember you um, yeah. talking to you afterwards, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. That was like two days before I'd interviewed Dave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I re- well, we, we tried to make a recording. He was uh, in a hotel room on his phone. So uh, we tried to make it work. And he ended up uh, pulling the interview an hour forward because you wanted to go to the cinema. So oh, we do try to be as adaptable as physically possible here at AVP Industries. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think him yeah. and Tom went to see uh, some horror film. Yeah, I think it was um, a Santa horror film. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, um... that's all right. I know where I stand. Me or a Christmas horror film. <laughs> but, well, that yeah, might I'm have been. Sure. Was that, a, that was, I guess, a day off then, wasn't it? If it was. Yeah. You're doing that, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's quite nice to have a bit of a respite in between all the uh, the shows That's and travelling and whatnot. No, absolutely, cool. it's all good. Fantastic gig as well as always. I'm always blown away to watching me, and uh, I'll always try and go out of my way to watch you as much as possible, providing the, the logistics make sense. But yeah, yeah we're going to go to a quick break. No worries, it's all good. Um, yeah, if you join the other meeting in a second, then we'll get yeah. started on part two. Okay. Cool. All right, mate. See you in a sec. Cheers, guys. Bye. Dorset, England's gateway to the sea. Legends tell of how travellers and wayfarers would navigate vast oceans to meet the natural beauty of the Jurassic coastline. As the centuries have passed, only their song remains. Absolute Bedlam are proud to be sponsored by Shanty Spirit. The taste of the Jurassic Coast. So, we've had a bit of a technological, technical, fucking great when it works, not great when it doesn't, continuity well, I should have learned how to use it properly before I started uh, experimenting right. with things, I think. It's uh, all good. We're there now. Yeah. So the next question mm-hmm. is a bit of a deep one. You can answer oh. it as honestly or as sort of surface level as you want, but it's quite a personal one in terms of being creative. So how do you deal with slash overcome writer's block in terms of anything creative that you output? Just move on to something else. If I've got writer's block with a particular project, then I'll probably just start writing something else or going on to a different project entirely yeah um sometimes if you feel like you've got writer's block with a particular song or piece of art i think you've just gotta i don't i flip between thinking the thinking that you just need to push through it and just keep working on it until it sort of comes back um and also the thinking of just well just leave it and come back to it at some other point so it it really depends there's no like no no one um there's no specific way that I would yeah. tackle things there are some songs I'll just come back to yeah. and after a certain amount of time you, know, you can just push away with it and just crack on uh, and sometimes you just really need to force and just keep writing keep writing keep writing and even if everything that comes out of it is crap um, yeah. you might have a couple of really cool kind of little moments yeah. of glory in there as well yeah you got to sift um, through it though, haven't you? Yeah. exactly yeah and at the end of the day you yeah. know just just keep going I think that's, that's yeah. the main thing yeah. <laughs> do you ever have moments where you're like in your sort of studio space and your curtains are closed and you actually realise that you haven't been outside in 48 hours and you should probably go and touch some grass <laughs> uh, I don't get that no I always try and make a uh, make a point to get out and have a walk every single day if I've yeah. got nothing planned I need. To, I mean it quite often ends up with a pint but um, yeah um, but yeah, no, I, I never. There's no. I can't get focused like that because I live in a flat and okay. there's people everywhere, <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. So I would yeah. like to, you know, sit here and just do music for two days straight on my day off. Yeah. But it just can't happen because it makes too much noise, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, breaks have to happen, and I can't do everything all the time as much as I want. So mm. um, yeah, I'll, I'll get out. I'll definitely make a point of getting out. And as I say, yeah, it's yeah. quite often a pint with as a day at the end of it anyway so. yeah yeah well that makes you a very conscientious neighbour so well done to you for not playing simp for four in the morning 
<laughs> you know what that's you like. Try. <laughs> Definitely. So speaking of Dave, we've got a bit of a question. I'm not sure what on earth it means, but I've got to read it out. I'm contractually obliged at this point. Sin me, C I N M E. What yes. on earth is that? Well, eventually, it should be the new podcast from Dave and I regarding uh, movies. Right. <laughs> Love that. Um, came from a drunken conversation in the pub a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's definitely a bit more of a movie buff than I am. Uh, um, I, I haven't seen a lot of stuff, and I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy as much, I think, in general, movie-wise. Um, so we, we kind of think that our conflicting views about some of the things that we argue about in the pub might make for an interesting uh, uh, audible discussion. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what Sin Me is. So hopefully okay. we'll get around to doing that at some point soon. It's been talked yeah. about for a while. We've got a big Love list it. of things to discuss. So, uh, yeah, we'll just see how it goes, really. I had a feeling it was something to do with the cinema, but um, I just didn't know what and something that I always absolutely loved and I would pretty much stop what I was doing in terms of In Me was when they were writing albums like Daydreams Anonymous and Herald Moth they would do something called In Media yeah, I remember. and I fucking love those videos so much and I hate that I can't show people them now because they've been deleted but there was one particular episode which just had me rolling on the floor which was they'd hired a teddy bear producer and he was hired to write Single of the Week Right. And the teddy bear was like, "We need to make this song catchy and commercially viable." And I was just fucking lost there because it's obviously just Dave in the background of his little like puppet. It's just, I love I those things. Like I love behind yeah, the scenes. I'm hoping stuff. to get a bit more of that. Yeah, hoping to get a bit more of that going as we start kind yeah. of pushing forward with the new album a bit more as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If I can figure out how to use my phone properly, then um, yeah. we'll get a lot more behind the scenes stuff. You're obviously allowed to say no to this, but have you discovered slash reinvented the new album name? Because at one point it was called Demons. Um, why would you suspect it's not called that? I forget where we are with okay. the naming. <laughs> Dave was saying he was a bit umming and ahhing as to if that's a real thing or not. And I think actually on stage at Takedown he said something like, we're writing our new album, but we're not really sure what to call it. Okay, I think I think we do know what to call it. Whether okay. he's having second thoughts again, I don't know, because you know you you think about these things and you have you sit with them for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes there, you start to think maybe is that a good idea. Um, I yeah, think yeah. we know what we're calling it, and I think it's a good title, and I think okay. it's just it will encompass sort of the, the the career of in me, and I think it'll be great. That's right. I will That's continue I to be patient. That's fine. <laughs> um, your comment on the custard cream roulette that me and my son put up on YouTube. Um, yeah. You put a person in there and tagged them and I followed them were you impressed with the content or was it just a bit of a weird video for me to upload or no, it was, what was, it was your cool. thoughts yeah. it was cool but um, yeah the, the person I tagged my friend uh, Moog he yeah. is uh, you should chat to him he's a great guy um, and his band yeah. Rapscallion um, and they have lots of cool different songs and one of them will be about his uh, his liking of the older custard creams and love it yeah I'd have a listen Go check out his album Maximum Splendid on Spotify. So okay, yeah, it's great. Okay, you will be getting invoiced for that plug. <laughs> awesome. Right. So yeah, that was just a random one that I wrote down. Um, another random question for you. It's got absolutely no bearing on anything. But welcome to Absolute Bedlam. Is favourite animal and favourite animal noise? Oh blimey, that is a, uh, a left turn if I heard one. Um, <laughs> currently, just. A bit obsessed. No, I've, I've, my algorithm feeds on Instagram just keep showing me cats doing stupid things all the time. So I'm just going to go with cats because it's quite boring. But um, right. uh, yeah, my, my feed is like dominated by cats. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite sad. Um, and noise, did you say? Yeah, animal noise. Yeah. Noise. That is not something that I've uh, really thought about for quite a while. <laughs> Ever. There was. <laughs> well, yeah. We went to a few. Of friends and I went to Amsterdam for my brother's birthday a few years ago and we went to the zoo there and I think they had some sort of was it an alpaca I can't remember there was some okay. sort of thing and the noise that it was given us was hilarious I couldn't replicate it I can barely That's even right. remember but that was that would have been my favorite noise had to be like but I can't remember the animal I can't remember the what it sounded yeah. like but it, it made us it was we were in hysterics on the floor it was it was good yeah nice 
So in terms of other music, obviously In Me seems to be your primary sort of thing where you know, you're know you going out and playing gigs and you're actually writing music with the band and all that sort of stuff. What are your other projects that you're consciously working on? Because I know that you've done quite a lot in the past that potentially might just be sort of stacked up on a log pile. But what other things have you got going on for the rest of the year? Uh, so, yeah, so I'm kind of working on a lot of different stuff still. Rise of the Ziggurat, which is my main sort of project, that sort of lo-fi, sort of acoustic, electronic, whatever I decide at the time, really, that's always ongoing, because that's just a little project for me, really. I don't expect anyone else to get much out of that. Um, that's just my main sort of outlet, as it was. Uh, the Fall of the Ziggurat, we managed to get a song out a couple of years ago, and I've still got like an album's worth of that stuff to do, so that sort of heavy synth sort of stuff. Um, I'd like to get that recorded at some point, um, but I wanted someone else to sort of record that because they do a better job than I will. <laughs> um, so hopefully that that will see the light of day at some point. Uh, and there's another sort of secret project that I'm working on that it's secret, so that's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, fair enough. And there's just other bits and pieces, really. There's always stuff to be worked on, and sometimes it doesn't fit into any of those categories, so it just gets put in a different pile, um, mm. hoping to look to something else. Um, and I've got, I've started kind of hanging out with my old bandmates. I mean, we've always hung out, but we're starting to do a bit more music. Uh, our old bandmates from 20 years ago, our first band, Inferion. Um, and so we're hoping to kind of get some more music going with them, whether it comes onto that name or something else. But just, I just want to be doing as much as possible still. Yeah. As much as possible all the time, really. Absolutely. Two more questions, and then we'll go into silly territory again. What okay. bass do you currently have? That is a good question. <laughs> the brown one. Brown one. <laughs> Four-string brown one. It says Ibanez Geo on it. There you okay. go. I don't know what yeah, yeah. model number it is. Uh, I just Sorry. liked it. And uh, I do have another bass hanging up in the hallway uh, that I like the look of better. It's like a nice cherry red SG bass. Yeah. But the headstock is like heavier than the... Uh, just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of... It's like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, it's not particularly comfortable. But that the the the, the um, that one is is really comfortable. Yeah, really good. When I was in my sort of rock and roll period of my life, I I love the idea of having an Epiphone Thunderbird or a Gibson Thunderbird. But just the neck dive on them is so brutal <laughs> yeah. that I just have this image of me like playing on stage like with my fucking foot on an amp like a real rock star and just twatting someone, and I just can't handle it. So I ended up just buying like Ibanez ATK, Ibanez BTB, and I kind of just stuck with those the entire time because once you find something that works, I'm personally quite invested in the idea of just stick to it. Yeah. Because yeah, but yeah that's I, just I definitely found that me. one. That one. Yeah. I won't get but, rid yeah. of the other one because it's got quite a bit of sort of not sentimental value, but mm. it's it's I've had it for many many years and it was one of my other best friends before it was mine and he used it in like a movie that he made and it's just popped up in all these different places over the years so it won't go anywhere uh, yeah, unless yeah. like I don't know, unless something drastic happens but um yeah. yeah it's still it's still fun to mess around with but just the headstock is way yeah. too heavy for me to consider using it live yeah yeah absolutely um brighton as a location for musicians do you find that brighton's a bit of a hotbed and if you do then what do you think contributes towards that do you think it's just the university presence um well the university and you've got bim as well so that's the like the, the the college of music yeah. or whatever uh, i don't know that to me the sort of scene has felt like it's sort of changed in different ways some maybe positive some maybe not as positive um there's always gigs going on there's really good venues and there's always musicians that is that is good um yeah it feels a bit different to the sort of days where there, there seems to be a lot more bands just being in bands because they wanted to be in bands just wanted to get together with their mates go down the pub and thrash out some songs and you know do their bit to try and not try and make it but just enjoy being in a band but it's yeah. obviously everything's a lot more sort of I don't know, business focused now yeah um it just feels like everything's a bit industry and yeah now it doesn't Completely. feel like and and the, the the gigs that are just some of the gigs that is kind of just happening there is a lot more sort of cover gigs and stuff which is fine you know i, I enjoy mm. cover gigs and stuff as well yeah um I mean, the upside to that, I'm hoping that bands are getting paid because mm. obviously, you know, entertainers, entertainers and performers should be getting paid for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It just 
just feels a bit different but you know we, we've got a lot of good venues and a lot of good bands and stuff so overall yeah. i think it's, it's pretty positive yeah, I feel like COVID kind of accelerated the whole we must monetize every hobby and every facet of our existence has to be generating money because potentially our income can fall through or one income might not be enough. So everyone started making sourdough and crafting and <laughs> creating musical hobbies and selling stuff online and all that sort of things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there definitely seems to be more of a push towards that side of things rather than do it because you love it. Yeah, and you know, there's a fine kind of balance. Like, I would I would just play because I'd want to play, um, but you know, I could probably do that because I've got other forms of income. You know. Yeah. Um, but like, I wouldn't be thinking about getting money for like when I started playing bands, sixteen, seventeen, going into pubs and stuff. I just wanted to go out yeah. and just rock and just have a good time. Yeah. Um, that, that's all that really matters to me, and that's all that matters to me now, really. Yeah. <laughs> so silly territory again. Would yeah. you like a vent? or a minor inconvenience from my side, and then I will expect a similar response from yourself. Sorry, what? <laughs> a vent, as in I need to get something off my chest, or a minor, or a minor inconvenience like a leaky tap. Like what annoys you slightly, but not enough to make you go absolutely mental. Oh, that is the thinker. Um... What about you? What, what, what would you say? What, what would, what would so yeah, I've got a vent. I've got. I'm pretty good at venting. Um, yeah. That's basically what this is, other than me talking to people that I like. So I went on the train last week, and there was a Southern Rail advert. And actually, I saw the same advert in video form when I watched the Mario film recently with my son and my girlfriend. So the advert, Mike, is two pigeons. On a train. Right. Why? <laughs> Pigeons can fucking fly. So why are they on a train promoting Southern Rail? Which basically is just constant recurring... We are sorry to announce that the train is delayed. So Southern Rail isn't even a good Southern thing. Or a rail thing, really. And I, I just love the fact that, you know, Sonic has a car. Yeah. Southern Rail have birds on trains and it just doesn't make any sense I don't think it should make sense but that's my vent for you so anything like that absolutely go at it this is your safe space safe space yeah um, there's probably many many things but of course they've all left my head well, I mean today uh, say vent vent. I'll vent about the prices of pubs going up can mm. I do that yeah of course you can uh, totally fits in but um i mean we, we we spend a lot of time in pubs and going yeah. and socializing and hanging out and you know doing all that sort yeah. of thing uh and they're just getting insane prices like six seven pound a pint in some places yeah yeah, um, yeah. i won't be necessarily i won't necessarily be paying that but um yeah that's that's just where it's going and it's just sort of being accepted as the norm now and yeah i don't like that that's no of course one place that's always been really, really bad for pricing, and considering some people would rather do this than go on holiday, has been like festivals like Download and Reading and Leeds, where, you know, most places, if you want to buy a burger, you're looking at spending like 12 to 13 quid. And if you want to buy a pint in an arena, you're looking at like 9 or 10 quid, and it comes in this god awful plastic cup, and it just doesn't taste the same. And. No. You know, if someone can knock into you and you spill five quid, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a bit of a tragedy. I do love a good music festival, but I just noticed that that is just absolutely make up a price on the spot at the moment. So, yeah, actually, that's that's a good point. Making up price on the spot. I, I feel like some of the shops in this area, some of the more like independent ones, I think they started taking the prices off their shelves oh, so right. they can sort of just adjust the price what? for what they feel. I reckon. Depending sure. on if they like you or not. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Mad. they all used to have all the prices for all the things on all yeah. of the shelves, and now they've removed them all. And I think that's just so they can kind of, you know, just charge Mad. what they want, you know, depending on how they're feeling in the day. What a mental way to do business. <laughs> it's possible, go. yeah. I'm not totally sure, but that, that, that is uh, <clears throat> something I've been thinking about a lot. It's a theory. Speaking of theories, we've obviously spoken on Facebook a couple of times about this, but David Icke. So, 
one of my obsessions is the paranormal and a bit of conspiracy stuff. Not too much that this entire podcast is centered around conspiracies. But have you got any sort of thoughts on people like David Icke, or have you got any conspiracy theories of yourself, or any paranormal experiences? I wish I had a paranormal experience. Ever since I was young and like watching Ghostbusters and stuff, I've always been obsessed with sort of paranormal conspiracies and. Then it became more about sort of alternate history, different theories about what's happened to us in you know in civilization mm. over the over ancient history and stuff. Um, with particular regard to David Icke, I got into him at a time where he was talking. I'd, I'd found a speech, and everything in the speech was just nice and made sense. And you know, at the end of the day, love each other, all that sort of thing. You know, mm. um, obviously, his trajectory has been quite different since then. Yeah. Um, but I quite like. I also quite liked him because at the time, someone that had gone through complete ridicule, but just like kept coming back, kept kind yeah. of kept going with what he believed with believed in, even though it, you know, possibly. It, well, I don't. Know, I, I'm not going to comment on his particular beliefs now or whatever. But um, just find like this is what I find with some people like anyone that can just take anything on take yeah. any criticism or anything and still keep going and pushing through that's what I really quite admire and I like that with bands as well that's what I always admired with Metallica like mm. they've been criticised pretty much every album since Ride the Lightning mm. and they just like yeah well fuck up <laughs> I yeah. don't care you know putting like bad reviews on the fronts of their CDs and stuff mm. making a really weird avant-garde album with Lou Reed just because they can yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough this kind yeah. of stuff and just do what you want that's what yeah. it's all like going back to conspiracies and things um, yeah yeah I enjoyed it at a time when it was sort of fun, you know, conspiracies were all sort of fun and you didn't quite know and X-Files and this sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and then with the rise of the internet, everything's just blown a bit out of proportion now. <laughs> you know, um, it's very hard to, I don't even know how to, to sum it up to be honest. Like you can find information on anything and you can get some things that are obviously complete nonsense, but people are still believing them anyway mm, <laughs> you mm. know I don't know it, it's, it's mental but yeah. I, I, I liked it kind of back in the day just like watching X-Files and all those sort of fun sort of monsters and things like that you know yeah um, I think the yeah. world is now becoming such a scary place that uh, I prefer just to try and ignore as much as possible at the moment yeah yeah no I get that do your own research but research isn't always Google four words and pick the top link it actually can be yeah (laughs) can be actually going to a library and reading a book and actually citing sources and all that sort of stuff but the internet seems to just whatever's quick whatever's easy you know whatever's convenient but yeah Yeah. awesome quite a lot of people will only only look for the views that they want to just reinforce the views they all have anyway yeah yeah completely got two more questions we've got about nine minutes left so I'll make this quick what would you tell yourself if this podcast was a time machine in five years from now? Is there a single sentence that you can think of that you want to sort of look back on in the future? Single sentence. Hmm. I would say keep going. <laughs> I don't know. I quite like the trajectory that things are on at the moment. Um, I'd like to try and do more for other people. Um, but personally, then, as long as I'm kind of keep making music and keep you know doing what I sort of love and stuff then I don't think there'd be much more to 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 tell myself I don't think yeah yeah more of the same very good more of the same yeah yeah I mean if you can get to do I mean it's always like you know getting out to do more things get out and travel more and stuff but I've been in quite a bad financial situation for a long time so um that's yeah. all sort of been on the back burner but now I'm trying to sort sort things out in, in those sorts of senses as well so yeah. Hopefully, I can yeah do a bit more traveling and things. Well, on behalf of convoluted, uh, <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> on behalf of uh, everything in me, I want to just quickly say thank you for the music and thank you for the memories because I've seen in me, I reckon about twelve times. I've seen Dave a couple of times. He played one of my friend's weddings, right? And Amazing. my friend decided to keep that a secret from me for an entire year. So I walked into the hotel lobby and saw Dave McPherson with an acoustic guitar on his back and it was like the scene from Terminator 2 where I just fucking hit the floor because to me, 
he is like one of the hardest working musicians I've ever met in my entire life. And this was just as he was dropping sentiment stuff. Oh, yeah. And I thought, fuck me, man. Like, he, you know, lives in Essex or similar area than that. And he's popped down to Dorchester, which is about 10 minutes away from where I live, to come and play this wedding. And I just thought, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> he's just so. <laughs> on it like he's always thinking you know what's next and when can we rehearse next and when can we write music and all that sort of stuff and but yeah going back to sort of in me um my favorite band basically so thank you for the music and i hope to see you guys soon again and uh yeah thank you it's yes. important to recognize Our that pleasure. <laughs> More than welcome. um glad to be in a position though i can uh, come and play music and you know be part of that it's great yeah so that kind of leads nicely into the final question then I'm going to leave you to it is how do you want to be remembered depends who I'm being remembered by really yeah um, yeah it doesn't really matter to be honest it'd be nice to do something that uh, changes people's lives for the better it'd be nice to do something that improves people's lives so if it's something like that then it'd be nice but you know you don't have to be remembered for that you're just doing it because it's a good thing to do the right thing to do yeah. um but obviously, if I could write a hit single that made me millions and millions of pounds, then that would be great as well. Nice. Yeah, there we go. Um, if you want to check out Mike's socials, obviously Mike can amend this if he wants to, but I'm right in thinking that it's riseofthezigarette.co.uk. That seems to send people to your link tree, doesn't it, of everything that you've That's got going on? got a lot of links on, yeah. You can just kind of put everything in there and just yeah, yeah discover whatever from there, really. And if you want to help get Mike out of his overdraft, which I'm assuming completely, he's got a Kofi at the bottom. So uh, donate to him and uh, send him some love and tell him I sent you if you fancy it. And uh, I'll ask for 10%. So everyone wins. Hey. Right, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, dude. And I appreciate that it's not been the easiest conversation in terms of technical difficulty, but I appreciate you sticking with it. And um, hopefully see you at some point later on down the line. Yeah, hey. hopefully see you on the road at some point. It'd be great. Nice one. Cheers, dude. Awesome, I'll speak to you Cheers, soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. It's John here from Absolute Bedlam. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to our brand new Patreon. If you head over to Patreon now, you can get access to behind-the-scenes footage, ad-free content and episodes. You can even send your own request in terms of the content you would like to see us create. All of this is available to you and more. We've got free options available to you as a patron with us. If you just want to support what we do and help build the Absolute Bedlam experience, a small fee of a pound a month, you can do just that. If you want to get access to that ad-free content, those ad-free episodes, for £5 a month, you can join The Hive. And if you want all of that and more behind-the-scenes footage, commission works with us, live Q&A sessions, for £10 a month, all of the madness, all of the chaos of Absolute Bedlam will be yours. So head over to Patreon now, become a patron, and join The Hive. Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Who? What? Where? Why?